Hello and welcome to the Dot Ball Cricket Podcast. This is the uh, podcast that deals with South African cricket, domestic and international. And obviously there's a lot of international cricket that's been going on at the moment. Uh, an epic series between the Proteas and India, uh, which the ODIs have just started. I'm delighted to have with me two former Proteas and Paul Harris and John Kent. And also the statistician for the host broadcaster Supersport, uh, the world-renowned Andrew Sampson. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen, and uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, Paul Harris, I'll, I'll start with you. That uh, Test Series win against India, uh, was it character? Was it composure? Was it skill? Was it a bit of luck? All of those things, how did you see it? Sure, I think all of those things. I think uh, sort of definitely surprised uh, everybody, uh, especially after that first test match in Centurion, uh, where it sort of kind of day one killed it for uh, for the Proteas. But then ever since that day, it just seems like they've steadily improved. Um, you know, it was a mountain to climb in Centurion to try and get uh, day one back. They couldn't do it, lost the game. Um, I think you're starting to see sort of a, you know, a bit of that sort of Mark Archer, Dean Alger sort of dogfight in a lot of the players. Um, I think that there were one or two hard, harsh words spoken um, in a good way, but harsh words spoken to a few of the senior players to stand up, which they then did, um, which shows you that uh, the players are responding, responding well to the leadership group, which is always a good thing. And it seems to me that they're playing like a team, whereas before it kind of looked like it was a sort of a deer and headlight stories, which is great to see. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing what one series can do to team morale and to uh, the way they start playing their game. Um, I would love Rusty to bat like he batted in the one day, uh, in the test matches. That would be amazing. Uh, instead of blocking, blocking it dead. But uh, it just shows you what he can do. Um, it was a good all-round team effort. I think that, you, you know, Having a look at certain guys' form with the bats, you know, Temba, I think, was, has been amazing. I think even more reason for him to bat up the order. His technique, he really has worked on it. It looks like he's worked on it hard. Um, he's looking in fine touch. And, uh, you know, people keep saying he doesn't get hundreds, but he keeps running out of partners. So maybe that's, uh, you know, that's, that, that position for him is now, you know, it's come for him to go up the order a touch. But certainly a, a wonderful result. And the fact that we chased, uh, you know, so well, um, was amazing. Now bowlers, I mean, you've got to give a lot of credit to our seam bowlers. Uh, you know, maybe Ulufil was a little bit uh, disappointing, but certainly, uh, uh, you know, the rest of the Rabada was just next level. Uh, you know, he does it sort of series in, series out, and, and, and then the youngster coming in and bowling so well. So, you know, a lot to be, uh, you know, excited about, but I don't think they're quite the finished article yet. They'll say that themselves, but certainly a wonderful result. Yeah, uh, so character and fight, obviously, to the fore, but uh, no lack of skill uh, either. John Kent, uh, that third test at Newlands, uh, just an incredible test match. And just how impressed were you with the way that the Proteas handled uh, what were really difficult batting conditions, especially having to bat last? Yeah, I think that was the the worry, saying how we've got our, our top six specialist batsmen uh, Janssen at seven, you know, might be a touch, you know, one position too high possibly. But the main thing is, is that, uh, you know, those key batsmen in the top order took responsibility and they, they did the job as they did in the previous test match as well. That It wasn't easy 
uh, getting those runs in that last innings as we, we did it again in Newlands, 212. Um, it's not an easy job and it hasn't been an easy wicket. The seamers have been dominating the whole series. Um, like Paul says, uh, and Gidi, Rabada, Janssen, all you know, up near the 20 wicket in the series mark. So they they blew them away. But Temba's been consistent, which is great. Obviously, Peterson with two half centuries in this in this last game. Obviously, there's been a lot of really excited people on you know social media saying, you know, it's great. Someone's nailing down this number three position, which is vitally important for any Test team, I think. Um, obviously, a, a bit of a pity Mark didn't get a big score in this series, but you know what I mean. He's not going anywhere. So, and and the skipper obviously puts in those performances and the way he led the side. I was so impressed with how he's led the team. He's he's obviously been with Boucher at the, the Titans. They've worked together before. They've got a good understanding, and they they know how to to win. You know what I mean. They've got that winning mentality. They've done it for many years in domestic cricket. Uh, when Bouch won all those trophies with the Titans in this couple of years, he was there. Uh, Dean's been part of that, um, and he's, Dean's been part of the you know number number one Test team as well. So he's those are two really important people um, in South African cricket right now, and I'm very very pleased for them. Yeah. So both Paul and John just mentioning how well the bat the batsmen and the bowlers uh, dovetail dovetail together, and, and the stats tell a story. Uh, in the series averages, only. Uh, South Africa had three batsmen who scored more than 200 runs in the series, Temba, Bavuma, Dean Alga, and Keegan Peterson, while India just had Lokesh Rahul. He was the only guy who scored more than 200 runs. And uh, in the bowling averages, uh, Lungi and Gidi, Marco Janssen, and Kahisa Rabada, all taking more than 15 wickets at an average of less than 20, while uh, India didn't have anyone who took uh, 15 wickets in the series. Andrew Sampson, those stats tell a, a story of how well the Proteus did. And uh, were there any other sort of uh, marvellous statistics that demonstrated the uh, Proteus prowess? Yeah, well, I think the main stat that tells you how well the South Africa did was on winning the series 2-1. Um, very much unexpected. I think India were very much the favourites going into it. A lot of people seeing it as 3-0. Um, and, you know, the final frontier for Virat Kohli. And, um, well, they didn't manage to breach the final frontier. So in terms of the stats, yes, um, obviously, as you said, Keegan Peterson, 276 runs at 46, the top run scorer, uh, man of the series, fair enough. Um, Marco Janssen, 19 wickets at 16.47 in his first series, which is the most in a debut series for a South African player since readmission. Um, quite a lot of guys took quite a bit more than that in the old days when they used to play five test series and stuff like that. But the previous highest since 92 was Sean Pollock's 16 wickets in his debut series against England in 1995. But the stat of the... the, stat of Andrew, the Andrew, Andrew, I wanted yes. to ask you a quick question. I was going to say, you know, in a three-match series, in terms of how many wickets were taken by spin and is it yep possibly the lowest amount of wickets taken by spinners in a test series just as a I'm throwing you a curveball I'm throwing yep. out a bit of pressure here, but let's see <laughs> don't be ugly now yeah I don't be ugly it wasn't the spinners fault it's um, obviously the pitches were not confused. of course um, just the four wickets in the series to spin three to Ashwin and one to Maharaj 
which is one less than the five that were taken, I think, during the Pakistan tour to South Africa in 2018-19. So it's, I think it's the lowest in a three-match or more series in South Africa anyway. Jeepers. So we, we're heading in the wrong direction in terms of spin uh, being an influence. Andrew, were, were you finished with the stats or were you going to uh, carry on with something before John Kent uh, threw a bouncer at you there? <laughs> well, the, the stat of the series was... Um, India losing all 20 wickets to catchers mm, at mm. Newland. Um, first team in the history of Test cricket to do that, which was mm. quite fun. Um, just the fifth team in the history of all first-class cricket. Um, been over 60,000 games in first-class cricket. And only five teams have lost all 20 wickets to catchers, which is a, so it's a kind of one in 12,000 matches event. Yeah. And overall, they lost 55 of their 60 wickets in the series to catchers, which smashed the previous record for a three-match series. Uh, previous record was 48. Uh, Pakistan lost 48 wickets to oh. catches in New Zealand in a three-match series in 2009. Hmm. I'm not sure what that says about the uh, techniques of the uh, Indian batsmen, but uh, it certainly says something about the uh, slip-catching of the Proteas, which I think has been one of the areas that have really improved a lot in uh, recently. They were a bit dodgy there for a little while, but uh, their slip-catching was really good in the series. Paul, now, so, uh, another area where... Clearly, the Proteas have improved a lot, um, is in terms of mental strength and composure. Were, were you surprised that India, a couple of times, uh, you know, especially at the Wanderers, especially at Newlands, just seemed to lose the plot a bit mentally when, when things went against them? No, I don't. Um, I think that, I said it before, I think, I think that the Indians are a very, very good team when they're, when they're, when they're on top. They're very hard to beat if you give them a sniff. As soon as they're ahead of the game, you know, it's very difficult to uh, to bring the game back, as we saw uh, at Centurion. But having said that, once they're behind the eight ball, I'm not sure they have the fight. Well, I know they don't have the fight to come back. I think there's a few of them, like Kohli, that you know he's, he 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 does have a bit of fight in him. But I think sometimes there's a bit of hot air. Um, you know, I, I was very surprised that they got away with. First of all, I was surprised they got away with the, the way they behaved in, in uh, at the Wanderers. Uh, I thought it was petty and unnecessary, especially from uh, Shiraz. And they really lost the game, and he found his mouth sort of with 50 runs to go. It was ridiculous. And then uh, the way they behaved at Newlands and got away with it is, uh, you know, it's something very interesting. I mean, you know, you look at teams, you look at what Trabada has done in the past and sort of been banned for and got demerit points for. I mean, you know, they, they blatantly sort of uh, blamed the whole of South Africa for being against them. And then the broadcaster, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's just not on. And uh, the fact that they got away with it, uh, is, 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 is terrible. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see now. So that just, it's just sort of set the bar. So now if you don't like a decision, you can shout into the stump mic. Um, and you should be able to get away with it because they've just set sort of, you know, the precedent. So it's not good. Um, I was particularly, you know, I thought it was a pretty, very good series, an amazing series. And it was, it was, it was closer than it actually looked. We ended up winning the, the second, South Africa won the second, the second and the third test it looked comfortably, but it was uh, it wasn't. Uh, you know, it was it was a lot closer than it was. And unfortunately, some of the sort of Indian behaviour has taken the, sort of the attention away from the fact that South Africa, you know, performed really well. And uh, you know, a team that has toured incredibly well over the last little while uh, realised what it's like to play on South African shores. It's not easy to come here and win. Yeah, uh, I do actually recall you, Paul Harris, uh, saying that in our previous podcast before the. Test series started that you you wondered how tough mentally India were so uh, kudos to you uh, and uh, yeah clear clear descent um, at an umpire's decision uh, 
by India, which they have got away with, uh, unfortunately. But as you say, a precedent has been set. Uh, moving on to more positive things, John Ken Keegan Peterson, what a, a fantastic series uh, he had. Andrew giving his stats there, 276 runs at an average of 46. Um, what about his batting impressed you? I think just his, his demeanor in which he went about his business. He didn't get ruffled by, by too much. He even said after the the post-match, after getting the Man of the Series award, said, like, this is the, you know, the toughest bowling he's ever faced. And, you know, that's you know, it's a quality attack. You've got Boomerang, you've got some serious quality in that lineup. And they, after winning that first test, they had their tails up as well. And uh, I, I just think he's like, you know, he's a little pocket rocket. You know what I mean? He's a tough guy. He's gone through, he's played at Western Province, he's gone to Bloemfontein and he churned out the runs there the last couple of seasons. Now he's been at the Dolphins and he's been identified as, as a quality number three. And there's quite a few good number threes, you know, coming through. There's like a Fantonda, for instance, he's in Bloom as well, the, the Humses. So there's like, there is plenty of talent, you know, there to obviously keep pressure on those top guys, which is what you want. Um, but I'm just really pleased, you know, there's like those back foot punches of, off the off on the offside were really you know such classy strokes, um, and he just he just looked very calm, which is you know it makes everyone in your on your couch at home and sitting in the change room and obviously uh, you know breeds a bit of calmness in the change room when a guy just does his job, gets on with it, and and is so effective, and he just got better and better as the series went on. Yeah, and uh, I think before the series, we well before the Wanderers test. Uh, we spoke about uh, perhaps Temba Bavuma moving up to number three, but it, it looks like Peterson has made that slot his own. Uh, very difficult to move a guy when he's done done so well. Yeah. But uh, Paul, uh, Aidan Markram, what what do you make of him? 76 runs in the series and an average of 12. I think he's got 80-odd in his last eight innings. Time for him to take a break or or do we persevere with him? Sure, it's a very difficult one for me. Um, you know, if it was anyone else, I'd say it's time to go and find someone else. But because it's Aidan Markham, it's weird. Certain players tend to get more chances than others, um, yeah. and he's that he's that good that you kind of uh, want to give him another go. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but in general, opening the batting in South Africa is you know it's the hardest job you're going to get. Um, the ball did a lot. Uh, um, you know, you're gonna if you open the batting in South Africa, you're gonna have one or two series where it goes it doesn't go your way. So um, look, I probably won't be the most popular guy at the moment for saying this, but I'd keep him there. I think he's that good that I'd keep him there, but he doesn't have a lot longer, in my opinion, to carry on. Um, he's gonna have to sort of find uh, the mental strength uh, to you know to find the way to score runs. This, you know, the first one day ran himself out. Um, so you know, he's, when it's not going for you, it isn't going for you, but you know, having said that, you've still got to, uh, you know, you got to get runs. That's what you're there for. So I would keep, I would persevere with him, but he's on incredibly thin ice. Yeah, John, that, that run out in the first ODI, I mean, for me, that's always a sign of a bit of a, a scrambled brain when you when you show such a, a bad misjudgment, hitting it straight to mid-off and running. Um, and technically, do, do you feel he's in a bit of a confused space at the moment? I think in the test series that the guy started saying he's stepping across, batting it off stump, and he's getting himself in a bit of a tangle. And in the last test, he tried something different, batting on more leg stump side of the ball. So, yeah, it's it's funny how you, at times like this, when you have a bit of a lean patch, you you, you overanalyze a lot of things. But, you know, only the other day it was he scored almost a 1,000 runs in a four-day domestic season. So, 
and he, you know he wouldn't have been thinking about much technical stuff at all at that point. You're just watching the ball, hitting the ball, um, yeah, and you're just in, in in that sort of purple patch. But now, yeah, it's unfortunate he's had a bit of a struggle. But we know the T20s is a big part of that team. He's a big part of the ODR team, um, and he's come back into the Test team. So obviously, this is just the obviously, like Paul said, that the new ball in our country is the toughest in the world to, to face. And and we saw how many wickets the seamers took, so it's no surprising that, you know, batting in those first 10 overs of a test match in South Africa is unbelievably tough. So, you know, you've got to give like a bit of, uh, you know, give him a bit of a break in that respect. But it's, you know what I mean, it's, it's just a bit of pressure building up on him. Um, yeah, and so obviously the coaches and those guys obviously dying to get him back to, you know, good form and obviously the player himself he'll be a bit disappointed in himself too but he'll be back don't you worry about that yeah and of course uh Aidan Markram named in the ICC's T20 team of the year uh just the other day along with David Miller and uh Tabrez Shamsi so uh, a wonderful honor for him there I, I, I hope at some stage he he can get his white ball game and his red ball game both clicking at the same time <laughs> uh Andrew, though, just to, to put that series win in, in a bit of perspective, uh, maybe you can tell us, first of all, winning from 1-0 down in a three-test series, first of all, is not very common. Um, and also chasing in the fourth innings uh, two successive chases of, of more than 200, that's also pretty rare, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in terms of coming back from winning from 1-0 down in a three-match series, um, I think it's happened about 14 times now. Although, extraordinarily, it didn't happen between 1888 and 1994. And you'll remember the New Zealand series in South Africa in 94, where South Africa came back from 1-0 down to win that. That was only the second time in the history of Test cricket that that had happened. Um, but as I say, there are about 14 of them now, certainly. But it's pretty rare to do it against the number one team in the world. Um, I think the only equivalent that I could find of that was back in 2001 on that famous Australian tour of India, where Australia won the first Test. And then India came back with that victory after following on with Lakshman and Dravid making a massive stand. So that's really the only equivalent of that. And then, you know, chasing 200 in consecutive tests is very rare. Um, t- chasing 200 itself is about a is about a one in 20 game test matches finished with a team successfully chasing 200. I mean, obviously other games are. I'm not talking about if the target's 20. I'm talking about the total in. Because it's obviously draws and innings wins and, and that sort of stuff. And in fact, South Africa is only the third team in Test history to have chased 200 to win a Test in consecutive Tests ever. Uh, uh, India did it in 2010 when they actually did it in three consecutive Tests. One against Sri Lanka and two against Australia. And the only other team that had done it was Australia themselves in 2006 uh, when they chased. 294 at the Wanderers against South Africa and then chased 307 in their next test against Bangladesh. So a very rare achievement, uh, which was pretty good, especially considering most of us sitting at the Wanderers when the target got over 200, thought, well, that's it, India have won, South Africa can't chase 200. <laughs> and they've done it two games in a row and only lost three wickets on each, on each occasion. Absolutely. Really yeah, yeah it, it has been extraordinary uh, to watch those batting displays. Um and, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned the Laxman-Driver test. Well, 
that's gone into law, uh, cricketing law, a famous, famous test match. And uh, I hope, given the magnitude of this achievement, that this series as well uh, will certainly go into South African cricketing law uh, for this Proteus team. And hopefully it's just a massive step forward for them that they can now continue to build on. they took some of that momentum into the ODI series, a, a very impressive win in the first ODI in Paul. Uh, the batting of Timber Bavuma and Rassi van der Dussen, absolutely wonderful, both of them scoring centuries. Uh, and then the bowlers doing what was required uh, to, win, to win that first ODI. Paul Harris, your impressions of that game? Look, I thought we batted superbly well. I mean, those two, I thought uh, Timber, first of all, allowed, the way he batted allowed uh, Rassi to do what he did. And vice versa. So it was quite a, a, a sort of contrasting two innings. I mean, you know, it's great to see Timber get 100. I think that that's sort of the, you know, the catalyst for him to get a lot more. Um, his technique's looking really good. Um, he's obviously seen the ball very well. His defense is really good. He's knocking the gaps. Um, you know, if we can have a guy like him coming in early and sort of batting out the majority of the overs, and you give the other guys license to have a bit of a crack. So... It, is, it, it, it does work well. Um, and, uh, you know, on that wicket to score 290 against India, which was probably really suited towards their sort of style of cricket, spinning, you know, it's generally quite slow. And, you know, you would think you're in Kolkata, not in South Africa. So, um, yeah, it was a great win. And I, I just thought they looked hungry. In the field, they looked really good, yes. And I, I think Temba did drop one chance, but it was a very difficult one. But in general, they looked like they were really hungry. It looked like they were they, you know, up for the fight. And, uh, and you know, I, I thought our spinners bowled really well. Uh, you know, to only go, you know, Kesh only going, it sort of was four and over on that wicket. It was good. And uh, and then we know what Shamsi can do. I mean, he's world class. And he was probably, you know, short a bit of game time as well. He's only going to get better. So he was a bit rusty. So, uh, look, it's amazing what uh, a month can do in cricket. Uh, you know, no one gave us a hope an hour. Uh, to beat the Indians, and now we're sort of, uh, um, you know, staring down the barrel. We play well in this next game to, you know, win both the Test match and the ODI series. Yeah, uh, John Kent. For those who, who don't know, um, uh, th- that was a pretty typical pile pitch, wasn't it? I thought it. it I know it is a little bit lower than the other de- uh, grounds, but in the last season or two of domestic cricket, there has been more carry and there has been a little bit more bounce than what we saw yesterday. I, I was. Shocked that it was so low. You know, the half uh, dragged down from Shamsi got about a foot off the ground and Curly pulled it for four the one time. And he, he it did actually well to even hit it. It stayed so low. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised it was as low as that. It was, yeah, a little bit disappointing. Um, but just talking on the, the between the test match and the ODIs, yeah, it seems like we, we had that momentum. Everyone's in a great space. And I, it just looked as though they sort of, just wilted a little bit, to be honest. That middle order of theirs just came under pressure. Obviously, Kohli got some and uh, Shikha Dawan got some runs. But after that, that they, really, they really struggled, to be honest. And it was a little bit surprising. Um, but obviously, there's a little bit of rust um, from Shamsi, Peklokwayo. A couple of guys haven't been in the mix for a while. Uh, Peklokwayo, one of them. So it's good to see him pick up some wickets. Unbelievable. I was... It was amazing that mm, leg side stumping mm. that Quinton de Kock did as well. That was that was special, and to get a big player like Pants out as well, even even better. But yeah, just the guys are really operating here and in a, in a good space. So I, you know, I'm really hoping we can do a three 0 here. You never know. Once again, it's the mental space of the two teams, South Africa, just seem to be 
in a much better space at the moment uh, than India. You you used the word wilting, John Kent, and uh, Andrew Sampson, you were actually at the ground. Uh, it was bloody hot, wasn't it? Uh, it was hot, although I wasn't actually at the ground in the end. Ah, okay. There's, there's a tummy bug that's been going around, and I stayed in the hotel to attend to, to that, I suppose. Um, but obviously I, I helped out with the commentators sending their messages and WhatsApp and that sort of stuff. Uh, it's going to be 39 tomorrow in Paul, so it's um, seriously hot. Sure. And uh, in that second ODI, obviously if the Proteas win it, Andrew, they, they win the series. Uh, any areas of improvement, any any worries from the first ODI that you've identified? No, not really. <laughs> um, the, the, the partnership between Pavuma and Van der Dissen, by the way, 204 was just the second time South Africa ever had a 200-plus partnership against India in ODIs, the previous one being in Kochi in the year 2000 when uh, Kirsten and Gibbs added 235 for the first wicket, so that's pretty impressive. But, you know, South Africa's spinners actually probably outbowled the Indian spinners, which is pretty rare uh, in any condition. Um, and I think looking good generally for South Africa at the moment. Yeah, indeed. I think that's one of the features that really stood out for me was uh, how well Bavuma and Rassi van der Dissen handled the spin of Ashwin and Yuzvendra uh, Chahal in conditions that really suited the slow bowlers. Hopefully, when we uh, have our next podcast, which will wrap up the ODR series, uh, we'll be able to reflect even more uh, on South Africa handling the Indian bowlers extremely well. We uh, say thank you to Paul Harris, John Kent and Andrew Sampson for their time. And uh, we look forward to sharing another podcast with you, as I said, after the ODR series uh, is finished against India. Don't forget to subscribe uh, by clicking the button. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter on at Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Goodbye.